Hey y'all and welcome to the newest edition of Checkerboard Chat. My name is Rob Harvey and I'm the assistant sports editor and today we have a special guest filling in for our sports editor, sports editor Trenton Duffer who could not be here. This is Tyler Womble. Some of y'all might have seen him before. He was on an earlier version edition of Checkerboard Chat. Uh, he's a staff writer who focuses... You know, Tyler, you really kind of do all the sports for us. You don't really have a specific one. You've covered kind of everything. I do. Uh, I've covered a lot of soccer. I'm, I'm technically supposed to be on track and field, yeah, and yeah. Uh, but I've done a lot of soccer. I've covered a couple football press conferences, just whatever you all need me to do. Yeah. So uh, speaking of football, let's uh, kind of dive in here. So as you can tell, I'm a little uh, little hoarse here, and that's because yeah, uh, yesterday was one of my uh, was my one cheat day. I told Trenton when I took this job that, hey, I already bought tickets to the Georgia game, so I'm – I'm going, so I went, and uh, it was uh, quite the experience, let me tell you. Uh, I ended up sitting, ended up by the second half, I was sitting in the corner where the Hail Mary took place, and I broke a chair when the Hail Mary happened. I broke one of the season ticket chairs, snapped the cushion just right off of it, and I mean, I can't even begin. I, I really just don't know, like, how it, I still can't believe it happened. You don't know honestly. how it happened at all. Just... No, I just, I, you know, it's just unbelievable like, it is what? well it was an unbelievable day it, it was, was an unbelievable game just everything about it was unbelievable i mean 14 points in 10 seconds i know like i could never imagine that i mean no when he and let me tell you a story you know it shows you how uh, classy some georgia fans are when uh georgia caught that touchdown with 10 seconds left to take the lead actually myself and a friend of mine had a uh, Georgia student come up behind us and spit on us. Spit on and you? And said some uh, yeah, said some very derogatory things towards us. And so, Whoa. you know, Jawan Jennings catches that ball, and we turn around because that's the first thing we're going to see. We're going to yell at that kid, and he's running away. And so uh, He ran away? Yeah, it was quite the... Uh, it's quite the, quite quite the, the experience yeah. down there in Athens. Yeah. Um, what was it like on campus when that happened? Could you hear, like, everyone at once? It was like a uh, campus-wide shout. Oh, yeah. Well, well, me and my roommates, uh, we were in uh, one of our dorms, and we were watching the game. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going nuts yeah. whenever the uh, Juwan Jennings caught that touchdown. But we could hear everyone in the lobby just going crazy. Yeah, yeah. We could hear people outside on the street. <laughs> About probably ten seconds later, there were people just running. I'm on the eighth <laughs> floor of my dorm. Right. I'm in Muriel Hall. And there were people just sprinting down the sidewalks, yelling, you know, it's great to be a Tennessee ball. Yeah. It was saw, just a good day on Rocky Talk. I saw where some people had burned a couch about 10 minutes right after it happened. I don't know what it is with burning couches. You know, you I don't know. Fl- it's, yeah, the Florida game where about three couches burned. It's definitely a tradition around yeah. here. You know, it's kind of weird wasting a couch, in my opinion. You know, I'll take that couch uh, off your hands yeah. if you don't want it. But, uh, all right, let's break, kind of break down the game. So, uh, who do you think Who do you think was the, be- was the most – impactful player i know you know you had Jawan jennings of course of course but uh who do you think like other than him who do you who do you think is most impactful i've just got to go josh dobbs i know that's what most people you know always say it's the quarterback but this time i mean josh dobbs you see josh dobbs in some games where he just takes over a game right he was um the georgia game last season yeah was one where he did that in this game he just really had another coming out party like he does a lot um I think they live and die off of Josh Dobbs. Oh yeah, I mean, he was he was running hard. Yeah. He and he, that and the hail mary was a beautiful pass. Yeah, it was it perfectly really was. set up. Like the ball could not have been placed any more perfectly. And Jennings, you know, blocked out all three. Oh yeah, he made it. And you know, I think it was kind of Georgia just being kind of dumb. You know, you had Lorenzo Carter back there who's six six. So you're thinking, oh, he's just going to stand up yeah. in the front and back the ball. Back exactly. The ball. But they had him in the back, and he didn't even come close to the ball. He barely no. jumped. And so, you know, I think it was kind of some miscues from Georgia, but also just a great play. And, you know, they called the timeout play. and switched up. Jennings was by himself over there at first, and they called a timeout and put him in the middle. Mm-hmm. And ended up, you know, paying off for him. 
can't, I still can't believe it. Well, Jawan Jennings, he is just a football player. He's you a know, dog. he came he came to Tennessee as a quarterback. Yeah. He was a highly yeah. recruited quarterback prospect, and he played in the spring game. I think it was last year as a quarterback. Converted a wide receiver. He was dead set on playing quarterback yeah. for the Tennessee Volunteers. Converted a wide receiver. I bet a lot of Tennessee fans are glad he did. Didn't complain about it one bit. He didn't complain no, about he it didn't. at all. He sweat. They at said, "Hey, your best chance to play is going to be a wide receiver," and he took it in stride. And now he's the hero. I think my favorite part, honestly, was him. You know, they asked him after the game, "Was this the greatest catch of your career?" And he said, "No, I think number two. I think beating." Uh, Beating Tabor was my number one, which I thought yep. was hilarious. I would say a lot of Tennessee fans would agree with him on that one. Yeah. You know, defensively, I mean, they gave up 31 points, but it wasn't all terrible. You know, Colton Jumper, again, 11 mm-hmm. tackles. I mean, the man continues to stand out, continues to prove me wrong after I bashed him <laughs> You for did two bash weeks. Colton Jumper. And now, you know, he had eight tackles against Florida, two for loss. Now he had, he had 11. I mean, he was everywhere, it seemed he like. Was. He was. Colton Jumper has really showed out the last couple weeks yep. filling in in the linebacker spot. He Yeah, he's he's been something else. Like, And then you had the, the duo at the defensive ends, Corey Vereen and Derek oh, Barnett. Man. My goodness. Those Derek guys Barnett. were at, Both of them were he's absolutely a unstoppable. He, I saw where – Bruce Feldman today tweeted out his like top five Heisman guys, and mm. Derek Barnett was in there. Was he th- really? I thought, you know, that's a little bit of a stretch, but at the same uh, time, you see what he's done in the last two games. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been ridiculous. I mean, he has helped Tennessee win those games. Yeah, he's single-handedly taken the games over. I mean, just ridiculous. And except for the biggest mistake of the game, you know, secondary Malik Foreman played well. You know, he had the interception. He did. But – that play, he just stopped running. Yeah, I, he, I think he definitely let up th- for some reason. I think he thought like, "Oh, this play's going too long. No way they get this pass." He wasn't looking, and so he yeah. just stopped. And that one hesitation just killed. There's a picture I saw. Micah Abernathy's just looking at him as the I can't remember the Georgia guy's name. He was some guy who's not done like anything. Yeah, I don't I don't know his name but either. But as he's catching the ball, and Abernathy's just looking at Foreman like, "You've really? got to be kidding me right now." Yeah, and I mean, well. I think. Malik Foreman is probably Jawan Jennings' biggest fan right now because he bailed well, he, him out. He did. He bailed him out. And I honestly, I couldn't believe Ben at the game how loud it was when really? he caught that Hail Mary. Because, you know, I mean, there was a good Tennessee crowd there. The upper deck was oh, yeah. all orange. You know, there was good. But, I mean, it was loud as was all it? get out. It was so loud, and it was awesome. I mean, I was in mainly a – I sat for the first half. My tickets were in the 600 levels up in the upper deck. Mm-hmm. And I fried. I burned, and Did it was you? hot, and it was bad. But then we got to move down in the shade with some other friends, and like in that corner, we were full, we were surrounded by Georgia fans, which I felt, I thought, made it a lot better. Honestly, just that like defeat, just seeing them so sad, and you know they got mad at us and everything, and it was kind of funny. Well, if they're spitting on you, then yeah. you know you're not going to be uh, too sad to see Georgia. Yeah, lose. no, I was honestly scared for my life when I. Uh, they when they caught that pass, thinking they were gonna win, because those people were all in our faces. Oh, and yeah, I'm thinking walking out of here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get hurt. Well, but because uh, because I can't uh, keep my mouth shut a lot of times. So, well, <laughs> you know it. Uh, it was something else though. Um, so now now they gotta move on. Texas A&M, not a no. It's it's not gonna be an easy game for the Volunteers. Game, definitely no. not. Texas A&M is a ranked number eight right now, one spot ahead of the Tennessee Volunteers in the. Uh, in the poll, yeah, in the AP poll. And, you know, I think the real X factor for that game is kind of Trevor Knight because, you know, you mm-hmm. see they struggled against South Carolina last night, Saturday night, and 
Trevor Knight was bad. Like, he threw for, like, 200-some yards, but he had no passing touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown, but he had an interception, too, mm-hmm. and he just did not look good, and they struggled because of yes. it. And it depends. You know, Miles Garrett has been hurt. He didn't he play. Been hurt, yes. And so it's going to really depend on whether he can – play uh saturday and miles garrett he is a difference maker he, he really is. is he is i honestly you know everybody has him ranked higher than Derek barnett i think Derek barnett is better because i don't think miles garrett can totally take control of a game like Derek barnett does i would agree with you on that Derek barnett has just taken over the game from the defensive side the last two games for tennessee yeah it's been it's been something else like i mean he you can see it in his eyes and it's just he's just Takes control. You know it's over when that happens. He's a monster. Yeah. He's, that's all you can say. He's a monster. You know, but I, I don't know. I feel like A&M's going to – I said since the beginning of the season that I think Tennessee's going to lose to A&M. So, I, I feel I – don't, I don't feel very good for the Vols on this one. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, if they get down 17 to nothing, I don't think they're – if they get down pretty bad, I don't think they're coming back from this one. I think Texas A&M's too good of a team for that to happen. Well, and you've heard this sentiment from a lot of college football fans – Tennessee has pulled it out so far this season, but there are going to be games like Texas A&M and then Alabama next where they can't just play the second half right. or the fourth quarter and because, pull it out. Because these teams are so talented. Yes, and they have you know they have a lot more technique and a lot more preparation and right. talent than teams like Ohio. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a whole other like, level of talent. You know, I still think – Tennessee was the more talented team against Florida and Georgia, but I think A&M honestly challenges them talent-wise. I think A&M is very, very talented. They are. Their receiving core of Christian Kirk, Speedy mm. Noyle, and Ricky Seals-Jones is just absolutely ridiculous. And so if Trevor Knight can get them the ball, I think Tennessee is going to struggle. And, you know, mm. Tennessee struggles with those long passes, trying to cover those long passes. We saw it, you know, that last play with 10 seconds left. Mm. I mean, against Georgia, they couldn't cover it. And, I mean, against Florida, first half, Callaway ran all over them. So, you know – I think they'll test that Tennessee secondary, and I'm interested to see how Mosley and Foreman and Buchanan and Martin, if he plays, who knows about him. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see how they respond. And I think that um, – and I said this for this last game too. I think the sec- the player of the Tennessee secondary will definitely be a factor. I think, And I think it's this way for every game that Tennessee will play this season. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's defensive line will be the X factor. Yep. If Derek Barnett, Shane Vereen – Corey, uh, Corey Vereen, my bad. Shane Vereen plays for the Patriots. Plays for the Patriots, yep. yeah. Corey Vereen, Danny O'Brien, Kendall Vickers, Khalil McKenzie. If they can get in there and disrupt Trevor Knight and disrupt his pa- his, yeah. uh, his pocket and take away the run, then he will be forced to throw all the time, and they will either sack him. And yeah. he may he may get some good completions to Speedy Noel mm-hmm. or some of those other receivers, but I think Tennessee's secondary is good enough that they may give up some big completions. But – Knott's not going to be able to run away from Derek Barnett all right. Night. Yeah, yeah. He and Trevor Knight. You know, I know against Arkansas he had like over 100 rushing yards, but he's not very fast. So and no. Barnett's a pretty quick guy for a defensive end. He's very. So quick. I think if he can get to him, then it could be some trouble for Trevor Knight. And I think you know Crowd also is going to have a say in this because I mean their their uh, fan base is one of the is one of the strongest fan bases. I mean that stadium gets loud. They have 30. Mm. Their student section is 30, the 12th man. Their student section is 30,000. Like. They have 30,000 student tickets, and they sell out all like every single game. So I think it'll be a test for the Vols. I don't know how well they'll do, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And, I mean, just, you know, kind of going forward, these next two games, like A&M and Alabama, those are mm-hmm. big one, big games. Cause, Definitely. I mean, if you think about that, if they win one of those, they 
you know, I, everybody's saying, oh, they've got the SEC East locked up right now. But no, Florida's only lost one conference game. And so if, if Tennessee loses to A&M and Alabama, you know, Florida's in first place because they only have one conference loss at the yep. time. But they also have – they have to play LSU, they have to play Arkansas, and they have to play uh, Georgia. So I think they'll lose one, if not two, of those games, Florida. But still, Tennessee is definitely not in the clear yet. No, they're definitely not in the clear. And I think one interesting – this is – um, going off a little bit onto something else, but I think one interesting thing to look at is um, it has been announced that College Game Day will be at Texas right. A&M yep. as Tennessee goes to play Texas A&M. And if Tennessee defeats Texas A&M, they should be ranked probably top five, close to the top five, if not in the top five. If Alabama is still number one, I would bet that College Game Day will be at Neyland Stadium. I bet a lot of the people, next week. Yeah, I bet a lot of people won't be happy about that too. You know, there's a lot of people complaining already about three games in six weeks. And my, I mean, my yeah. my response to those people is, well, I guess your team's just not. I mean, ten, well, those are the best games week in and week and that's out. That's what they do. They look Tennessee, for the best yeah, game. Yeah, Tennessee is playing the tough. Like their schedule was so tough, and these games right now. I mean, there's a there's a reason that. Tennessee is on college game day so much, and it's because these games are such big games, and I don't understand really understand why people are complaining about that they're going to Texas A&M over Tennessee, in Tennessee over Arkansas and Alabama. I mean, our, honestly, no. no offense to Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is a good team, but they are Arkansas just not on that level at Tennessee no, and A&M. It's a top ten matchup. It is a Tennessee, top ten Texas matchup. I just don't. And it will probably be it will if Tennessee defeats Texas A&M, it will yeah, be when they probably, play Alabama. Yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see if Tennessee moves up into the top five or whatnot. I know uh, Tennessee's like a, I think they're a six and a half point underdog, which is kind of I think I, so. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. Just you know, going on the road after yeah. two. Very emotional wins. It'll Very be interesting emotional. to see. You know, I know Derek Barnett said after the game, he ran around for a little bit, and then he's it's over. He's moved on. Mm-hmm. Moved on to the next game. But, you know, that's what they said against Florida, and then they come out there against Georgia and are down 17 to nothing. Yep. And so, you know, here another thing now that I bring that up, What I mean, what is it with Tennessee and such slow starts? I mean, they just can't, like, get momentum to start the game. I don't know. I mean – Butch Jones always says in his press conferences that this, these slow starts are uncharacteristic of his right. Tennessee team, but they do it almost every week. Yeah. And so Tennessee has to, I'd say going into practice this week, they have to just watch film and evaluate what is it that's causing these slow starts because you can't do that against teams like Alabama, Texas A&M that are high-class contenders in the SEC. Yeah, and, you know, I know Derek Barnett said after the game that – we haven't even been close to seeing what Tennessee is capable of. And I don't know if you're a Tennessee fan, if you take that as a comp, like if you think that as a, oh, yeah, or, oh, like when are we ever, when are we ever going to see that then? Because, you know, these two very emotional games, and yet they haven't seen the best out of Tennessee yet. Like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Well, comment. I would agree with that statement, actually, because I don't think we've seen what Tennessee is capable of. I don't either, but like, what, what's it going to take for them to get there? Is Well, I don't think there's any team in the SEC that has more talent than Tennessee. I really don't. You have Josh Dobbs, the dual-threat quarterback. You have Jalen Hurd, who has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but he's one of the best running backs in the SEC. Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara you have um, several Tennessee receivers have really come out and had a very good season. Josh Malone, uh, Josh Smith, yeah. Jawan Jennings, obviously. I think that if Tennessee could get past these slow starts, there is no team on the schedule that should be able to beat them with the talent that they possess. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Alabama's probably up there in talent-wise. I think Alabama 
personally has more talent than Tennessee, but it's really close. And so, yeah, Tennessee, like, I mean, I'm interested to see when they actually get mm. to, like, that le- le- the, the level that they're supposed to be playing at. But, you know, you me- moving on, kind of, you mentioned Jalen Hurd. I mean, what happened to him? Like, they say he got injured, but first off, the touch the touchdown oh, that, he, that he fumbled, you know. I don't know what was – I don't. I really don't know what was going through his head. You know, he catches the ball. Well, he just lit he's up. Two, yeah, he's two yards from the end zone and just starts jogging, thinking that yeah. he's got a free ride the end zone. The guy pops him right on the one-yard line, and he fumbles, and they pick it up. I mean, just kind of – I was standing there like, I can't believe that he just did that. Like, mm. you know, Jalen Hurd is a veteran. Like, he can't he be doing stuff like that. You can't be making mistakes like that. That's right. a freshman mistake. Yeah. And I don't really blame Jalen Hurd for fumbling the ball because he got rocked on a yeah. blindside hit. But he let up. And you can't let up when you're a step from the he goal line. He shouldn't be in that position anyway. And if he sees that guy coming, he should reach the ball out exactly. and cross over the goal line for a touchdown. And he didn't even have to see him coming. If right. he had just not let up, he would have crossed the goal line. Yeah. And once you cross the goal line, the play is dead, yeah, even so if you fumble because it's a touchdown. It yeah. I mean, it, it was just a very dumb play, honestly. It was, it was very dumb. And then – I feel like a lot of times this season when he's running, it's almost like he's like a feels like he's a two hundred pound running back, and he like he's so slow to get to the outside, mm-hmm. and he's like he's hiding back there, and then and he just I don't I don't know what like he's not playing the way Jalen Hurd should play. He's not, and he has not got to be honest. He has not gotten very good blocking from his offensive True. line. The offensive line has struggled all season with protection and blocking, but Jalen Hurd has to pick his game up. Alvin Kamara played a good amount of the second half yesterday, a lot more than he had been. And I think a lot of it was due to the fact that Jalen Hurd fumbled that ball. Yeah, and I know, you know, you look at Kamara's stats, he had like, I think he might have had 70 rushing yards, but, you know, he caught that touchdown. But he played incredibly well, I feel like. He held, he blocked, he did really well blocking. You know, he made that that touchdown to start the fourth quarter was huge. I mean, he broke that Mm -hmm. tackle and just kept going. Like, it was a very good play. And I felt like he played insanely well. Like, his probably his best performance of the season. Oh, definitely. I would definitely say so. Yeah. And I thought it was funny, you know, when that Hail Mary happened, his reaction. He kind of, like, was there on his knees, and then he just fell on the yep. ground and was just laying there like, I cannot believe this just happened. Well, you can always count on him to give you a little bit of a dramatic yeah. Yeah. Oh, performance, yeah. both on the field and uh, on the sidelines. Yeah, you know, I just I, I just still can't. Like, I woke up this morning, you know, and I was watching the play again, and I just keep expecting him to drop the ball or the ball to get batted down. I just still can't believe, like, that luck went Tennessee's way, you know. Because, uh-huh. you know, Tennessee for the past – Six years even, like, luck has just gone against them. You know, LSU that one year, UNC the same year. Mm. It's just like Georgia. I mean, a Georgia game, Oklahoma, Florida. Like, it just seems nothing goes Tennessee's way. And they've had luck twice this season now. Like, with the Florida, which just the kind of turnaround of the game, like, just turned around just like that, and Florida kind of imploded. And now the Hail Mary, like, Georgia slacking off and thinking they'd won the game. Like, just insane, like, the luck that Tennessee is getting for once. Oh, yeah, and Tennessee had a lot of luck early in the season with fumble recoveries. I mean, that's what yeah. beat Appalachian State yeah. was a fumble recovery by Jalen Hurd in the end zone. And then, against, I think against Ohio, there was, what, four or five fumble recoveries yeah, that they had? They fumbled like four they or five they times. Fun, they keep recovering. Well, they didn't uh, They didn't twice now against Georgia, but, yeah, yeah, they keep recovering their own fumbles, you know. Yeah, and that's that's another one of those things that we talk about where 
you can't play that way against an Alabama or, or a Texas yeah, A&M exactly. and expect to win that game. So Tennessee has to go into this week and look at the little things like that. Like what can we do to not have these slow starts and not have these problems and control the game? Right, I agree. Um, so what do, you, what do you think Tennessee wins the East, though? You think after these two games, you think – I mean, do you think it's still too early to tell, or do you think, you know, you kind of think, oh, yeah, they kind of they got this locked up? I don't think they have it locked up, but I think that Tennessee has pulled it out so far. And like I said, I think that if you just continue to – if the, Tennessee continues to work on the problems, Tennessee has improved. If you look at the Appalachian State game versus the Florida game or the game yesterday, yes, they had their bad moments in the first halves, mm-hmm. But Josh Dobbs has really stepped up his game. Mm-hmm. And I think that Tennessee definitely, definitely has a chance to still win the East. And, you know, I don't think Tennessee really played that terrible in the first half, honestly. It's like the Florida game. The offense got going, but they just had stupid mistakes with the Jalen Hurd fumble. Yes. Alvin Kamara fumbled, right? Like It's, a, it's an execution yeah. problem. Yeah, like Josh Dobbs played fine in the first yeah. half, and they played well, you know. But it's just they kind of give Georgia – they kind of gave Georgia and they gave Florida. They gave them points. And, yes. like, you can't do that against, like, an Alabama or an mm-hmm. A&M. So, they really need to work on that. Nick Saban will definitely make you pay for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I'm just – I you know, I worry if you're, if you're a Tennessee fan. I worry because it's just kind of they're, – they're just not there. I mean, everybody's kind of freaking out, but they still aren't there yet. And, I no. mean, it's just a wonder when will they get there. You know, I really don't know. I think we'll just have to see the way this, the rest yeah. of this season plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's already been – it's been a ride this season so mm-hmm. far. And, in, I mean, Tennessee's 5-0, and and they're ranked number nine in the AP poll right now. So, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the season goes from here. So, uh, kind of going off a little here to wrap things up uh, off of Tennessee football, um, Lamar Jackson last night, I know – Clemson got Clemson beat Louisville, but Lamar Jackson. Uh, what did you? I mean, he's a stud. Did you watch he the is game? A stud. I watched some of it. I wasn't able to watch the whole game, uh-huh. but I saw enough of Lamar I mean, Jackson. Yeah. The guy is just incredible. He's. I mean, that didn't even. You know, usually people say, "Oh, they lost a game. It hurts his Heisman." I don't that think did, so that at did all. Not. He no. threw for almost 300 yards and ran for 168. He yards. did I mean, all he could. He in that game. single-handedly led them back because they were getting thumped, yeah. and he led them back into the, that game. They had the lead. They had a chance to win if the guy had not. Yes. Lot, he forgot where the first down marker was and ran out of bounds on fourth down <laughs> one yard short. That's a very yeah. – There's, a, there's yeah. those executions. There's those execution things, yeah, that we were talking about, you know. Well, I, I think Lamar – I personally think Lamar Jackson is going to win the Husband. I, I think that he has he is far and away the top candidate for that award right now, and I would be really surprised if he does not walk away from it, away with it at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think unless he gets hurt or unless something, like, happens, like, that he just has a couple horrible games in a row, I think – he honestly already has it locked up because he has played just so incredible these first yeah. these Well, first no one compares games. to him. Yeah, no one. I mean, Deshaun Watson threw what, three interceptions last yeah. night. Deshaun Watson has not been impressive mm-hmm. so far this year. I don't think he's been very impressive at all. And, I mean, I don't I don't know who he – you know, Leonard Fournette, well, he hadn't done anything. No. He's been hurt. He hadn't done much when and he LSU was healthy. has not done much at yeah, all. Yeah, they finally, you know – speaking of LSU, you know, what, they won 42-7 to last night against Missouri? Yeah, I think so. That was – you know, I bet Ed Orgeron feels pretty good, but especially because they ran the ball for over 400 yards yeah. without Leonard Fournette. Like, exactly. That's incredible. And there is no denying what Leonard Fournette brings right, to the table. Right. I mean, he's a crazy good running back. Yeah. But, I mean, like you said, if they can run for – you said they ran for 400 they yards? They ran for over 400 yards. If they yards. can run for over 400 yards without Leonard Fournette? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that's – 
that's something else. And yeah. I mean, I know it was Missouri, but you know, Missouri gave Georgia a fight. I mean, yeah. Missouri's not. Missouri, Missouri has a very good offense. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're. they're yeah, they're a pretty good offense. I mean, Drew Locks, an okay quarterback, I think. Well, he's think young. Do, yeah, they, yeah, he's just a sophomore, I think. Yeah, yeah I think they. Sh- I mean, they just kind of. They're a young team, you know. Coach is just trying to get used to things, you know. First year coaching, mm. being a head coach and being in the SEC, so it's kind of tough. Definitely. Uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how. Definitely. Missouri does and how Ed Orgeron does as well, you know, at LSU. I wonder if he succeeds well. I wonder if they'll keep him as a permanent head coach because, you know, he kind of got screwed out of the USC a couple of years ago when he did a great he job as an interim. He did, but I think it's definitely a possibility. We see that a lot more now. I mean, yep. we saw it from the Tennessee Titans. Right. And, and I mean, so, Missouri did it too. Yeah. So, so or, I, yeah, or, well, that he was in line to be the head coach after Pinkle, and so they and they made it. They instead of trying to go out and hire someone new, they just hired him, a defense coordinator. Well, and when you have an interim coach, you know it's usually someone from within the organization, right. and they already have that relationship with the players, and then they build it more on as the season progresses while they're their interim coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes you don't want to bring in just hire a new guy when you can just keep that same guy and continue building them on what you already started. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, that's all the time we have today. Um, I'm Rob Harvey, and this is Tyler Wombles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out. We will do a preview for the Texas A&M game with uh, Trenton, our sports editor. We'll be back for that. So uh, thanks for watching.